letter written in February 1916 has arrived at a flat in South London. More than a hundred years later, theatre director Finlay Glenn has kept the letter in a drawer for two years. He's with us now from Crystal Palace. Good morning, Finlay. Hello, good morning. This is quite a remarkable story. What? Where is the beginning exactly, or where would you like to start? Well, I mean, the beginning, I suppose, is in 1916, but the beginning for us was uh, in 2021 when we found buried beneath a bunch of leaflets in the stairwell of our block of flats this um, this letter dated 16 and thought it was as you would naturally think from 2016 uh, and then saw that there was the stamp of the of a king rather than a queen which left left us a bit mystified and then we figured maybe it was um from uh, earlier so we thought it would be okay to open it up and then yeah there was this letter inside that was sent in 1916 to to a friend and it was to the, to the person who was living at the house at the time what did it say well, um, it, it opens with, my dear Katie, will you lend me your aid? I'm feeling quite ashamed of myself after saying what I did at the circle. I've been most miserable with a heavy cold and then goes on to describe um, what she's what she's doing. She's visiting um, uh, Peter, so maybe her father who, in a sanatorium in Bath. And um, I was actually just just while I was listening in for the last 10 minutes, I was trying to read the, the end of the letter. And I realised that just at the end it says, uh, don't write, but give me give me a thought in passing. You're very affectionate, Christabel. But then, of course, the letter never got through. So whether she did give her a thought in passing, I don't know. So where, where was the letter sent from? Let's start there. The letter was sent from Bath. From um, it says at the top, Lansdowne Grove House. So at the time, it was being used as a sanatorium, um, and it was during the First World War. So perhaps it was for convalescing soldiers. But it seems that she was visiting um, her elderly father who was staying there, um, and she's writing to her friend Katie, who was Mrs. Oswald Marsh, and they lived. Um, at, my current address in Crystal Palace. So she was sending a letter there. So where has the letter been all this time before it arrived with you? <laughs> we don't really know, but there's there's a good theory that someone's uh, developed, which is that it's got the stamp of the Sydney Sorting Office on it. And it seems like um, the Sydney Sorting Office closed down a couple of years ago. So it would seem to have been just lodged somewhere in their building for over a century undetected and then um when the place was cleared out someone's found it and just stick it in, stuck it in with the day's post and was the envelope all aged or did it look sort of fresh um the envelope's got a bit of age on it it's kind of browning at the at the corners but um the letter itself is in pretty good nick to be honest and of course it would be written in ink um yes yes it is in a nice hand yeah in a, in a hand that's slightly indecipherable at points to a, a modern eye I think or at least to mine um but uh but yeah yeah you can make out most of it what did you do when you opened it <laughs> um 
Well, we just sort of held on to it. We'd tell people about it and show people the letter. Um, but uh, and thought that it was a pretty extraordinary thing to have happened. But then we did just put it away in a drawer for a while. And the only reason this is, um, you know, I'm now speaking with Radio New Zealand, is that um, we thought uh, it might be nice to get in touch with a local historian to find out a little bit more and then a, a little local paper that might want to want to cover it um, as a sort of uh, curious piece of local news, but had no idea at the potential reach of the thing. Um, so, yeah, that's that's why I'm speaking to you now. So what has happened since? Um, well, it was picked up by the BBC pretty quickly. And then the, the morning the story ran, it was the most read on, on, on BBC News, <laughs> at which point I, I proceeded to be inundated with um, requests for, for comment and interviews. And I actually I started sort of um, turning them down. But then I thought when the Radio New Zealand won't come through, it's just it's a bit of a story to tell. <laughs> seeing well, as it's <laughs> It's very kind. I mean, it's like a Netflix movie, isn't it? It feels like a play or something unbelievable. I know. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, people have said that I should be um, developing a play about it. So, do you think you might? Um, yes, maybe I. Maybe I will. Yeah, I think um, maybe it can tour around. I don't know. I should. I should try and use it somehow. I don't know. Have any historians come through to talk to you about it? Yeah, well, the local historian has found out a little bit more about the people who lived at this address. Um, and he was uh, a local, um, well, actually not very local, national stamp magnate who um, who was quite affluent. I think this area, it's not it's not the poshest area of London now, but back then it was um, quite uh, an affluent suburb on the outskirts of the town. We're quite high up. Um, down in South London, so there were lots of big houses around here, and it was um, it was built up around the time of the Crystal Palace, which which moved. Um, it was set up for the Great Exhibition in the eighteen fifties in town, and then they moved the Great Crystal Palace down to South London. And around that time in the eighteen fifties, it was built up around here, it became quite an affluent area. Money people move in, moved in, and this stamp magnate. Uh, lived at our address um, so we found a bit bit more about them um, and as for the person who wrote the address I, I still don't know that much about her but apparently her her relatives her descendants have been in touch with the local historian so who knows maybe I'll I'll meet some family members yes or see some photos or these characters are now part of your life whether you like it or not one would suggest Finlay <laughs> I know uh... And they really were real people, which is also the part that's intriguing me. And uh, just the fact yeah. that something as unbelievable as this can still happen uh, in the 21st century is also quite heartwarming. Yeah, it is. There's something about um, traversing the centuries that that does capture the imagination with it. And, um, yeah, trying to piece together these people's lives and... The yeah, I think the fact that it's a also a letter of apology that never got through to them is is slightly poignant. I think, um, yeah, absolutely, it's very touching. Well, we'll leave you there because we're coming up to the news at eleven o'clock at night. We can tell you that Monday night has taken great shape. So, wishing you well for Monday, Finlay, there in London. 
All right. Thank, thank you. Thank you too. That was a Finlay Glenn who has <laughs> received a letter more than a hundred years after it was sent in February 1916 in London.